Hey everyone, welcome to Unrefined Women. I'm your co-host Agnes. And I'm Margaret. This podcast is an ongoing dialogue between two sisters on the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, family dynamics, mental health, and feminism. We're very grateful you could join us today. Today's episode is all about educational trauma. I recently, well, not recently, a few months ago, posted a blog post on our website. Just a little bit of my background on my education and where, you know, kind of what happened in my past and how I felt about education and where I am now. So in this episode, I really opened up about just the struggles of not just education, but juggling, you know, two different lives when it comes to working and being in college and paying for college and all of that stuff that's rooted from, you know, the system that our government has. Yeah, I think for me, I kind of discovered in our episode here that we recorded that some of my educational trauma, it's a little bit different from yours. I feel like most of my trauma has been around the spaces that I wasn't allowed to be because of my grades, uh, because my test scores weren't what they were supposed to be. Basically, it's like if you if your brain's not able to process things and spit it out in the way the system wants you to do it, then you then are not worthy of getting a quality education. It's like you have to prove yourself in order to be worthy of those things. You have to have the privilege. You have to have the money, the resources, the connections to be able to acquire information and knowledge when really we're humans. It should be a right, but it's not when you live in America. Another realization that I had during this episode is that, you know, the difference between Margaret and I when it comes to education is that she had music to rely on and I didn't. I never really had a specific talent. I wasn't musical. My parents never put me in anything extra, you know, outside of school. So a lot of my self-worth was ultimately rooted in my grades. And we kind of want more feedback of other people can relate to this if you had talents or side hobbies or something that you were really good at, were you more focused on school or did you kind of let your grades go a little bit and you weren't stressing as much about it? Yeah, that would be a really interesting to know from listeners. So yeah, let us know. Okay, let's jump right in. Let's go. Awkward silence. I know it's been like a minute since we recorded together. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm so tired. Dude, same. Oh my god, I'm so tired right now. Yeah, I I just i I can't even describe. How's your new job going? Can I ask that? Yeah, it's going really well. I mean, it's a lot. Like when I was in California, I was working 40 hours a week. And I'm still working 40 hours a week, but instead of like having that like normal, well, I guess like a lot of jobs, whether you're working in like fast food or wherever, you know, usually work like in the week on the weekends and then have like a weekday that you have off. So you kind of get like, you only have to work like two, three days in a row. But right now I have to work five days in a row (laughs) and obviously like traffic in Phoenix is like insane. So I can be gone for like 12 hours straight. So 
it's exhausting. And then on top of that, I have school, which is, I love school. Like I have so much fun learning and I wish that I like could give 100% to it, but it's so hard to give 100% to school when I had to give 100% to my job, my partner, uh, daily household duties like (laughs) and then I also like want to make time to go to the gym so it's exhausting but I'll get through it yeah well and I've like I kind of wanted to talk about educational trauma today because I'm so tired and my life is so insane right now I'm like I need to talk about something a little different than my daily Mm -hmm. norm right now (laughs) yeah I need a break I need a break from reality so of course we're just going to talk about trauma what a great (laughs) what a great escape from reality we'll we'll take a break and talk about trauma (laughs) (laughs) right okay so you had written a blog post about your educational trauma and this was like a few months back that you talked about it on the blog yeah so when you think of the term educational trauma what do you think of because i kind of feel like maybe we made up this term i don't even know if this is like an actual like thing like religious trauma is sort of like a term that people are aware of now i don't even know if educational trauma is a thing but when you think of that what do you think of Yeah, I totally came up with that. Honestly, I don't want to take like say that I'm the one like originated for me because I'm sure someone else has talked about this, but it just kind of came up off the top of my head. I think during the time that I kind of realized this was when we first kind of started off in our podcast and we were talking about religious trauma a lot. So I think that that kind of, um, you know, obviously like it kind of rhymes. So in my head, I just thought like educational trauma because I was also starting school at, or college at the same time. So it was kind of organic from just off the top of my head. Like anything that you think of, like when you think of the term? Yeah, honestly, I think that it was, I had such like an untraditional upbringing when it came to education in school. So when I was younger, I spent three years going to a private school and that where, you know, private school, you learn how to write in cursive. I don't know, (laughs) in (laughs) elementary school. And then uh, I spent a lot of years being homeschooled where I basically had to teach myself. And that caused like a lot of um, issues with like my self-confidence and just like me learning things. And by the time I got to high school, it caused so much trauma in me because I felt like I didn't know anything. So I'm sure we've all like know the feeling of like feeling stupid or like uneducated or like when someone's like, I can't believe you don't know about that or I can't believe you don't know how to do that. Like it's definitely a humiliating feeling. And I felt like every time I went to school, every time I took a test, every time I thought about school or talked about it, I would get that feeling. So to me, that feeling was educational trauma, and I still feel that feeling now. I mean, I've worked on it a lot. I don't feel it as much, but I think it was very traumatic. So I know that you have talked about this before, that there's times even now where you will sometimes have self-doubt or you'll feel like you're stupid or that you can't learn something. Do you feel that that is directly tied to different experiences you had as a kid where teachers or peers made you feel that you were not as uh, knowledgeable as other people your age? 
in a way, yes. Um, I was held back a year in kindergarten, um, not in the traditional sense, but went by the time my mom like put me in school, I was going into kindergarten and I was at the age where I would have been going into first grade, but instead they put me in kindergarten. And so I was always like a year older than any, everybody else. And then I kind of got back on track. Like I kind of pushed some buttons and tweaked some things that I could like get back on track with high school. But I know that in high school, a lot of the people that were attending the school had a lot more experience with like the super, um, what's the word, like high demand, like when it comes to like homework and education, like they, it was a lot like in the school handbook, it was like minimum two hours of homework every night. It was insane. Like our tests were crazy. We had to write like three, four page essays, like from our hand for tests, like Imagine having to like write an essay that you spend three weeks on, like in class in for in 40, 45 minutes by so, hand. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I had oh to do God. that about Pride and Prejudice. Uh, I love the book, but I totally failed that test. <laughs> but okay. But that's like, okay. But see, I think that's bullshit. So you love the book. I'm going to assume because you love the book, you probably like really read it and took in the material but because of the way they set up the test is probably why you failed it. Absolutely. Because I can't, I honestly, it was my sophomore year. That was a long time ago. I don't remember specifically like what the prompt was that they wanted us to write about. But I remember like being extremely enthusiastic about the story and going and reading the prompt. And I was like, I can do this. Like, I feel like I have a lot to say about the situation and the book and the characters And so I started writing about the characters and writing about what I thought about it. And I felt really good about it because I felt passionate about it. But by Mm -hmm. the time, like, I got the paper back, first of all, they were like, you know, you made all these spelling mistakes, which obviously, like, of course, they're spelling mistakes because I don't have fucking autocorrect. (laughs) And um, I mean, sentences that, like, maybe grammatically didn't make sense or ideas that weren't fully developed because and they they say write a draft like you know make scheduled time within like the 45 minutes or however long to draft your essay but it's like I don't have time you know that doesn't really like make sense because when I write an essay I write my draft and then I wait like a day or two and then I come back to it Unless I have like two days to do it because I procrastinated, but (laughs) it's not something, I don't know. Yeah. But like if you're doing it in class, like you have 40, 40 minutes to come up with an essay, I get it. Like not everyone's brain process is going to be like, oh yeah, let me make an outline right now and then a draft and then I'll actually write it in 40 minutes. Exactly. I mean, that's the feeling that I would get like sometimes I would feel extremely confident about the information that I was like putting down on paper and I was really excited about it. But once I got the grade back, like it's so crushing. Like, you know, we all know those people that get a B and they're like, Oh my God, like (laughs) I failed. (laughs) Well, me now, not when I was a kid, I was like a C slash D student when I was a kid. I really did not care. (laughs) See in college, I can understand because especially if we want to, if you want to go to grad school, like I know that it's more stressful, but in high school, like a B is a good grade, but Mm -hmm. 
people in my class would be like oh my god like I got a B or like a high C or they'll be like super stressed and I'm like like I got a D or an F (laughs) and it wasn't I mean I know the one classes that I did poorly on was like chemistry and math because fuck that but (laughs) right but like I even me now like I'm extremely passionate about history I'm passionate about American government. I'm passionate. I I love biology. That's like one of the sciences that I loved and, um, English. Like I love all of that and I'm passionate about it, but it was constantly this feeling of not being good enough. And I think that that's like a lot of the trauma that I feel now is not being good enough. And that integrates into other things outside of education. See, I'm so curious because um, I was not a very good student either growing up, but I was homeschooled all the way through. I never went to private school at all. Um, when I was in, let's see, I was I think I was 16 when I started going to community college at that point. But I, and I like, I never had a traditional school experience, um, and I never did great in school. I was like the C, you know, the C student that just sort of scraped by, and I was happy with my C's, but I really didn't care. And I don't think I had a lot of my self-worth tied up in my grade, but I also wonder if that's because I was so heavily interested in music because I had violin and I had piano and that was my main focus. I really didn't care about my grades because in my head, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a musician. So who the hell cares what I got in math? No, I absolutely agree with you. And I think a lot of my childhood was... A little bit of resentment or jealousy for not being taught and it doesn't even have to be music but something like a hobby or like something else yeah yeah like a talent like I never was able to explore having a talent you know people always talk about oh my my child is so talented in this or that or whatever and I always like I'm like I don't have a talent And I think that that causes, maybe we'll have to like have people comment and see, you know, kids growing up with a quote unquote talent versus kids who didn't and their Mm -hmm. relationship with school. Because Mm. then my, my self-worth, like I was like, well, where do I find my self-worth? Because I'm not finding it in my parents. I'm not Mm -hmm. finding it in religion. I'm not, you know, I'm not finding it in these things around me due to neglect. I'm not finding it in like a talent. So the only thing that I can tie it up to is my grades. Right. Like you weren't seeking, you were not receiving any kind of validation from anybody or anything. And as a child, like you have to receive love and support and validation from people in your external environment in order to know how to do that yourself as well as you get older. But you never had that. Yeah, is is really what I'm hearing. Like, I think in a way, like I look back on my childhood and I think music saved me in that way. I think that um, I could have had a lot more educational trauma, like what you have shared with me before and what you shared in your blog post and like what you're sharing right now. I think I think I could have had that, too, if I hadn't had music because music really fed my soul and music gave me something outside of my grades to focus on and give me a sense of purpose and a feeling of self-worth. I feel like growing up, we had, you know, we weren't able to have a lot of like emotional or financial security. So leaving the house and like turning 18, we needed 
we we search for that you know like we wanted that I used to fantasize and you mentioned in the episode about your solo episode about um you would fantasize about your adulthood and what it would look like and like having that security and that stability and for you that could have been music like you know I know that there's a lot of um you know a lot of artists don't make like a living off of their art but you still could you know and even now like you still make money from your talent from teaching Mm -hmm. music right and I didn't have any sort of backup plan or anything that I knew that could like give me financial security after I had left the home so when I began going to community college my freshman year of high school just because the credits work the same. A lot of um, homeschool students do that. But I started to kind of um, talk to a lot of professors. I made a lot of friends and started to kind of see these different goals that I could have in my life and how I could have financial security or just like find self-worth in school. So I started setting these like really high expectations for myself. And I was like, you know, I fantasized about going to the fanciest colleges and studying abroad and like going into the medical field or something crazy like that. And I was so fixated on making something of myself because I thought the only way that I could make something of myself was through education because I didn't have anything else to basically make myself from. Mm. And after that, after I went to community college my freshman year, and then I had moved on to the private school my sophomore year, that's when I started, you know, failing tests and failing things. And I started like basically feeling scared. Like, you know, if you can't even pass these basic classes, how are you supposed to go to college and make a living and like in, and fulfill these expectations that you've set for yourself. So then it like scared me. And then I eventually like gave up on like everything that I had wanted when it came to education because I was so scared of failure. So what kinds of things did you want with education? Like to go to like a high, like a prestigious university and be able to acquire knowledge. Did you ever have like when you were a kid, like, um, like a dream of like a job, like what type of job you were going to do? I don't remember specifically, but I remember, I know around the time that I was in third grade, I really wanted to be an author and I used to, I, sh- I wish that I could like find these like notebooks and stuff, but they're probably like long gone, but I used to always like write stories and this is so cringe. But when I was in my, my fandom phase, I used to like write like fan fictions, like with like my friends and like some celebrity we were obsessed with. But I remember I used to like write whole books. Like I wrote, I'm not going to tell anybody what website this is on because it's still up there. (laughs) I wrote an entire book, like beginning to end. It's atrocious. I hope nobody ever reads it. (laughs) I wrote an entire like 20 chapter book. I was obsessed (gasps) with writing. And that's what I wanted to do when I was younger. And then I kind of got to, you know, I started to like kind of have my own phone and stopped writing because I would rather sit on my phone and watch Netflix but <laughs> yeah do you think it was that do you think it was the phone that deterred you from writing or were there oh absolutely there 
Oh, absolutely. Right. As an adult, I think that my phone, obviously having a phone is amazing, but I'm not scared to admit that I'm extremely addicted to my phone. And, um, I think that yes, our phone can help us gain a lot of knowledge, but it's one of the biggest distractions when it comes to succeeding in the workplace or succeeding. I mean, in a healthy workplace, because not all of them are healthy, but, and then like succeeding in college or something that you're passionate in, because so many people can be passionate about something and then never fulfill, fulfill what they're passionate with because of distractions. And a lot of the time the distraction is like stress or like their phone or like, you know, depression and being depressed. You literally want to just sit around on your phone or watch Netflix. Yeah, or just I, or find anything to numb the feeling, right? Just find absolutely. ways to numb and find escapes from the present moment. Yeah, and honestly, I have no shame in admitting it. I mean, I try my best to not fall victim to my phone, but, like, I do. And mm-hmm. there's really, like, not much that I can do about it. I mean, I'm sure there is, and I'm sure some people are going to be like, it's not that hard, but... Not all of us are perfect. <laughs> right. No, I think everyone's addicted to their phones, whether they admit it or not. Yeah. But it genuinely, like my phone, like I, I you know, I get, I'm happy with my grades in college, but I would probably understand my classes so much more or be more focused in life or get more things done or be less stressed out if I didn't have like social media mm-hmm. or people texting me. Patrick bought me an Apple watch for Christmas. Thank God. Love you, babe. Um, But (laughs) I get all my text messages on my Apple Watch. Like, I get literally everything. Like, I just, like, look at my watch. And then I get, like, all distracted. And I'm, like, speaking into my watch. And, like, oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. I'm totally not going to get one now. (laughs) Actually, it's great for the gym. If anybody wants to, like, track their workouts, get an Apple Watch. They're $100 at Walmart for christmas anyways yeah. besides the anyway point. not sponsored by apple watch yeah not not <laughs> at all <laughs> so when i was thinking about educational trauma it's funny because i have like kind of a different definition ish um for me i feel like where i've had educational trauma is around the spaces that i'm allowed or not allowed into based on how well i'm performing in specific areas so When I was in high school, I was really excited about going to music school. And I remember like junior year, you have to take your ACT, which is like, ugh, (laughs) it's like the worst. It's just the worst. It's this really long standardized test. Did you ever, did you take that? The ACT? I took the, I took the PSAT my junior year of high school and fucking bombed it oh dude no I bombed it it too it was terrible so I took the the ACT got a terrible score and then I did like one of those um those classes you know and then I got my score up a little bit but it wasn't great like I think I got like a 21 on my ACT and then like all of my friends were like oh I only got a 28 (laughs) and I'm over here like (laughs) I'm over here like oh my god I busted my ass for a 21 (laughs) so then you have to apply to colleges and you have to submit your ACT scores and mine were just not good enough so I'm like basically told no you're not welcome here at our university because your standardized test score was not high enough for our admissions. And I'm like, so you're telling me I can't come to your school 
to learn how to be a professional violinist because my math and science grades sucked. Like, fuck you. (laughs) I was so upset. And then I'm going to talk about this for a second because I'm kind of going through this a little bit right now too. Um, You have to apply for all these universities. And when you're like 17 years old, you know, it's not guaranteed you're going to get into one. So you have to apply to like five different universities. Do you know how much application fees cost? Oh my God. Aren't they like a hundred dollars each? I haven't, I don't want to know. It, you know what? It varies. So you have to pay the university um, fee and then you have to pay a separate fee to apply to the school within the university that you're going to be attending. I remember some of the universities I attended to, I spent total for like one university, like $250. And I applied to like four universities and mom and dad didn't have money for that. So guess who had to pay for those fucking fees? Me out of my side, my side hustle, <laughs> like my side or my part-time <laughs> job. So I remember I had to pay for all those fees and mom and dad didn't have time to take me around to universities to do like college visits and stuff. So I had to pack up my car and drive myself. Like I used to go to the library <laughs> and um, go on. Oh my gosh. What was it? I would go on the computer at the library. Cause like we didn't have like a, a great computer at home. Um, and MapQuest. I would have to go on MapQuest. Shut up. And you'd print <laughs> out the map. No, I, yeah, Stop. I would print out the map and I would print out directions from our house to schools in other states. And I would pack up the car and I'd be like, hey, mom, I'm going to Indiana this weekend for a college visit. And mom was just like, okay, be safe. Bye. And I'd pack up the car and I would just take myself. And I'd be gone for like three days and I would like find friends that like went to like schools nearby and just like stay like at their dorm or whatever. Like I would, I had to do that. Like I was like, I have to like get my future going and I want to be a musician. So I have to do it. And that was the other thing because I felt pressure where my grades were not that good. My ACT score was terrible. And I honestly felt like I, you know, I've never thought of this till right now. I honestly thought if I show up at these universities, if I physically show up on their campus and I go to the admissions office and I'm kind to these people and I'm smiling and like introducing myself and see me really excited, maybe they'll like me and let me in anyway. <laughs> it's like, it's like applying for a job. Like that's, I, it's Dude, like that. Yeah. For real. I was like trying to sell myself on why I should come to your university, even though my like academic grades suck. So that was a shit show. I ended up going to the university I really did not want to go to because I just got rejected from all the ones I wanted to go to. And I was so devastated. But anyway, I'm bringing this up because I'm thinking like even now, you know, I've had a tough time just all the way through college. I've had a tough time. I didn't finish music school. Um, That's just a whole other conversation. And really just kind of assumed I'm never going to go to school, you know, in my life. I'm, I'm never going to go to college. And I just sort of accepted that and went into law and, and worked in law for almost a decade. Um, and then I decided to go into social work because that's a just a very, it's a very meaningful thing to me because I feel like the last few years of my life, I've really been on this self-healing journey. I've been in therapy I've been doing a lot of my internal work and I was like, I want to do something in the mental health field that would really help me feel fulfilled in my life. So I applied to schools, that whole process again, (laughs) 
thankfully at that time, a couple of years ago when I was applying to schools, I had a lot more time to devote to it because it is so much time, like filling out those applications and writing all those essays and doing interviews. Like it is not easy just getting into the damn school. So I did all that when I had time, got into school and not many people know this, but you know, I went to social work school for about a year and a half and I still call myself a social work student because I'm kind of in the I'm, I'm in it, but I'm not. I've actually been out of school for a year and a half, and this was not planned. Like, I was supposed to be finishing my master's degree right now, and instead, I'm two semesters away from my bachelor's degree. And that's because, you know, when COVID happened, our family income was down in the house, like many people's were, like our, our finances were majorly impacted, and financial aid was not able to cover all of my tuition. And so I basically got... My account frozen and told you're no longer welcome to attend school until you pay your outstanding tuition balance. This is, of course, after the university I was attending was sending out emails to students like, we're here for you. We promise to waive late fees for the rest of the year. Like bullshit. Like my experience. (laughs) Yeah, my experience determined that that was a lie because after it was all said and done, I had over a thousand dollars in late fees added on to my tuition. So, um... Uh, yeah, that, that was a whole long drawn out thing. I ended up going public with my struggles on that and writing a letter and um, getting people high up at the administration involved, which they were not happy about. And actually, when I finally had to pay the tuition, I had to save up all of my money and literally drain my savings account to pay that tuition to go back to school because I had no options left. They refused to let me back into the school because they were upset at how I had drawn attention to the fact that they were not working with students who were financially impacted by COVID to allow them to continue going to school. Um, it's like a very sensitive topic for me. I actually was thinking about it this morning and I started crying. And it's just like it's it's just like one of those things where I'm so upset because I want so badly to go into the mental health field. I want so badly to help people. I want so badly to be one of the people fighting and tackling these like systems that are holding people down, that are oppressing human beings, that are like preventing people from reaching their highest potential, that are preventing people from being able to survive in this world. I want to help in like changing those things. And I can't because of money, because of all the time and all of the red tape and all the hoops you have to jump through um, to be qualified to go to these universities, it just feels like impossible. Like, I just want to fucking go to school and get a goddamn education and like help people in the world. And I can't. And, you know, I, I, as of this last summer, realized I was going to have to transfer universities because the university was not willing to let me back in um, because they were unhappy with the fact that I was standing up for myself, which I think is just insane. Like I go to social work school to learn how to advocate for myself and advocate for other people. And then I actually do it. I actually do what you taught me to do. And then you shame me for it and not allow me back into the university. So I realized I was going to have to transfer universities, and that's kind of where I am right now, trying to find another university, paying all these application fees, going through all the hoops again. And it's just like, I feel so crushed. Like, every time I think about it, I just feel so crushed. Like, why is this so hard? 
I look at other countries around the world where public universities are free, where you can go get an education. Like you, you are, you have a right to an education because you're a fucking human being. It is not a right here in America to be educated. It is not a right. If you work a full-time job, if you make below, below, at this point, below six figures, (laughs) you can't. You cannot go to school without significant privilege and significant wealth and significant resources. It's impossible to be able to do it and not lose your sanity. Absolutely. I think that the system has made it so the only so that the only people who deserve to get a full education, because, you know, a lot of people will start college and never actually, you know, finish it. You know, they've, you know, they get some FAFSA and then FAFSA cuts out after like a year or two. But the only people that in this system, the only people that deserve to get like a full education are either if you are extremely smart and you have that advantage where you're just naturally extremely smart or you have the money, mm-hmm. which means nothing to do with passion. Today, I, um, you know, now I'm like working in the, in the law field and I'm going for my political science bachelor's degree and, you know, I'm still in the beginning phases. I know sometimes I sound like I'm setting huge goals for myself, but I don't care. I'm passionate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm holding myself accountable, but I really want to go to law school. You know, who knows if I'll go, you know, I'm not going to say I am because it's forever away. But I was like wondering, you know, where, how, what. So I started, uh, some attorneys were and I were like talking about it and just like law school in general. So I started like researching it and this, don't take my word for this, but I saw like somewhere on Google, it's like, or TikTok, it's like 80 grand a year for most law schools. No, that's, that's real. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like. First of all, like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know where, I don't know where I'm going to come up with 80 grand. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's insane. And yeah, most people take out loans, but like, is that really what I want to submit the rest of my career to is like make good money and all of my money is going towards loans just because I decided that I was passionate about something. Yeah. Well, and I don't even think most attorneys make as much money as people think. Like we think yeah. of like we think of things like doctors and lawyers, like professions like doctors and lawyers, they make a lot of money. First of all, like I work in the legal industry. Most lawyers don't make that much money. In my opinion, they don't. Like I was a paralegal for several years. There was a point near the end of my paralegal career where I found out that I was making more than some of the associate attorneys I worked with. Shut the fuck up. Really? No, I'm, I'm fucking for real. Like starting wages for maybe this is just Nevada, but starting wages for associate attorneys is fucking in the toilet. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like you can be a Ew. paralegal for several years and end up making more and not have like almost a quarter million in debt from law school. So you have that and then you have doctors okay yeah doctors make a lot of money but do you know how much student loan debt they have like a million dollars or close to it it's insane we watched some documentary 
recently about that about like student loan debt and what's just, it called i don't even remember you know i'm so bitter it was like a dave ramsey's thing i have issues with dave ramsey's yeah, i just fuck dave ramsey. i'm like i'm like dude like you're just trying to tell people like stupid little things they can do to get out of debt and we're not like addressing like the systematic and cultural <laughs> issues we have like these systems that are literally holding people down you have capitalism that per- like drives and promotes inequality like i'm sorry like skipping starbucks is not gonna fucking make me a millionaire <laughs> <laughs> yeah i agree i mean i i definitely think that like you know obviously choosing where you're putting your money you know we don't need to go shopping every weekend and sometimes it's okay to make coffee at home (laughs) yeah but you're right like it's not an issue of where we're putting five dollars every morning it's an issue of how fucked up the system is yeah and how we're not paying people livable wages and we're telling people that in order to get a good paying job you need to go sink yourself into six figures worth of debt to get an education Oh, and let's not talk about how the hell you're supposed to work to finance that education while you're getting an education. Agnes, you're finding this out right now. How tough oh it is. Oh my God. <laughs> how tough it is to be in school, but then you still got to pay the bills. So you got to work full time. <laughs> I work a nine to five full time and I'm in school full time. And on top of that, like when I get home and I have to switch a load of laundry, I'm not very happy. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be an adult anymore. I don't want to cook dinner. I just want to get pizza every night. (laughs) It's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. It's just, that's the other thing too about me with school. Like I'm so close to being done with my bachelor's and then I have to get my master's, which again is only two semesters. It's really not that much, but I'm a mom. I have my own business. I have dogs (laughs) dogs <laughs> you could probably hear woofy barking <laughs> in the background <laughs> you know I have a part-time law job like I have many different responsibilities I I'm in a relationship and then when I go back to school for the rest of my bachelor's and my master's I have to get internships I think the bachelor's is only like a part-time internship but a master's level social work internship is like 30 hours a week how and most of them are not paid on top of a full load of coursework. How the F am I supposed to do that and be a partner and be a mother and run my business and do my other jobs that help pay the bills? How? Yeah, I I worry about the same thing. It's just, dude, educational trauma. What the fuck? I know. (laughs) It's like, yeah. And The worst part is that when I was younger, I always thought it was so easy because when you look at, and just being an adult in general, when you look at movies or hear about other people's lives or look at, you know, the picture of things, it looks so great. You know, people are, they have their kids or they're, you know, working full time and they have these fancy jobs or they're in school or they're doing all these things and it looks like so picture perfect and like stress-free from the background and then once you're actually in it because all those things that you just listed like being a mother having dogs having you know to nurture a relationship your jobs internships like all of that every single one of those things is literally a full-time job Mm -hmm. like it's exhausting Patrick and I recently got a dog and let me tell you (laughs) that's a full-time job (laughs) 
So I get it. It's so hard having all of those things on your plate. But I think we have to end this podcast on a positive note because we were just sat here and dumped all this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's okay. We're going to end with our gratitude prompt. So (laughs) trauma aside, it's like, what are we grateful for today? (laughs) (laughs) Margaret, what are you grateful for? (sighs) Okay. I have to shift my mindset here now and try to think of something good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to be grateful for something I wouldn't normally be grateful for. I am going to be grateful for, I'm going to be grateful for exhaustion. Ugh, why? (laughs) (laughs) Because, because I am so tired right now and I find myself like wanting to keep pushing myself because we're moving right now and we're renovating our fifth wheel that we're going to be living in full time and Christmas is right around the corner and like there's a thousand things to do and I'm so stressed out and then I get up and I try to do all of them and I'm grateful for exhaustion because exhaustion just tells me stop sit down breathe go to bed like and I know my body needs that so I'm grateful for exhaustion because if I wasn't feeling exhausted I'd be working around the clock and not sleeping (laughs) So I know that we're talking about gratitude, but I just want to add on to that, that today me and my coworker, I was telling her about how I feel like there's not enough hours in the day because the amount of things that I feel like I have to get done, like I don't get done or get home until like six o'clock and I have like a hundred million things that I need to do. But I'm also like, you know me, Margaret, I had, I'm always tired and always need to yeah, get sleep. Yeah, it's like <laughs> nine o'clock and we're watching Downton Abbey and you're falling asleep because I'm okay. insulted. <laughs> and here's the thing is that I feel so guilty. Like sometimes I get so angry with myself. I wish that I wasn't like that. Like sometimes I'm like, I wish that I was just like a 50 year old woman and I didn't sleep. Like I don't want to sleep. <laughs> like I love sleep, like love her, but I just like I wish I could get the things like I want to do homework I want to study I love doing college and studying but I can't do it while I'm falling asleep so I just get so angry (laughs) anyway so what are you grateful for oh god (laughs) I'm just kidding um I'm grateful for my mind because my my little brain upstairs um because I feel like since I just started a new batch of classes like two weeks ago, I feel like my focus in school has been kind of redirected. Obviously, you know, I have less time to focus on it than I did before. But when I do sit down and work on a project, I feel fully invested. And this is something kind of new for me. And being able to just like literally sit down and complete an assignment in a few hours with no distractions it feels so good like once I hit submit like I don't even care what grade I get because I just felt so invested so I'm grateful for that opportunity you know what my friend Damara says what she says done is better than perfect absolutely amen sister (laughs) (laughs) all right let's turn it off We believe in the power of taking even one minute a day to breathe and find gratitude in the little things. Wherever you are, if you are able, close your eyes, take a deep breath in and out, and reflect on something that you are grateful for today. We are so honored that you could join us in this discussion today, and we hope you have a beautiful week.
If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwoman.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at unrefinedwomanpodcast. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.